Welcome to the Coached Success Podcast. This podcast is aimed at connecting you with the ways top performers think about challenges so that you can adapt your thinking accordingly and live your version of ultra extraordinary. On today's episode, I speak to Adam Golub, the first legally blind athlete to play Division I football. We speak about his resilient approach to life and how he refuses to see himself as being a victim. Instead, Aaron sees his visual impairment as an opportunity for him to lead the way for others who doubt themselves. Stay tuned, this is an episode not to be missed. Aaron, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing really well, Kyle. Thank you so much for having me today. Okay, thanks so much for joining me on the podcast. Yeah, man, my pleasure. Aaron, can you tell us who is Aaron? Yeah, so my name's Aaron Golub, and I, I, I'm legally blind and became the first legally blind Division One athlete to ever play in a game. I played football at Tulane University, mm-hmm. went on to become an NFL free agent, talked to a few teams, and now I'm a speaker and mindset you know, consultant and coach and work with people to achieve success in their life. Awesome. So tell me a bit about that. How or what made, you, what made you decide to pursue football? Yeah, I mean, growing up, I was not very athletic. I was not the most confident kid. I think I struggled with a lot of areas. And, you know, I would always play sports on my own, but I didn't really do a ton of team sports. And I wanted to find something that was a good fit for me. So going into seventh grade, I found football and, you know, it was an awesome sport, the team sport. And I found a position that I could do, but it wasn't a position that I could do forever either because, you know, I couldn't catch the ball because I could, I couldn't see, so I couldn't be like a wide receiver. Um, But also, you know, so I started off as an offensive defensive lineman, so blocking and then tackling. And the issue there was not only was I legally blind, but I was very undersized. So it worked for a few years, Mm -hmm. but then after a few years, when everyone got older, I was still undersized. And, you know, I said, what can I do to play? Because I wasn't playing a ton. And I found long snapping, which is my position. And so for people that don't know, I'm the one on punts and field goals who throws the ball to the punter or the holder and has to block. And I just committed a ton of time to learning how to do that, a ton of time to gaining weight and getting bigger and Mm -hmm. just just perfecting what I was doing. I I love the fact that you said that you recognized your weaknesses um, as a player and you started trying to build on that, trying to become bigger, become stronger. Okay. And then tell me, you also mentioned there that you struggled with confidence growing up. You didn't have a lot of confidence. Um, tell me, how did you start to, to become more confident? How did you start to um, grow into your own? Well, I, I think the biggest thing is the actions that you take build on each other every single time and so there's not a trick there's not a simple thing that you can do Mm -hmm. to say i'm not a confident person but tomorrow i'm going to be one it takes Mm -hmm. time it takes developing and so i think as i was going through this figuring out how to play football figuring out what would be good for me and i was getting better and better at it i think my confidence just grew because i had something that i became really good at so Mm -hmm. i think that's ultimately what what grew my confidence um, and I like that, like you said, that it's not something that's going to happen overnight because sometimes as human beings, 
we want this instant gratification. We want to, we want the results right now. And, but like when it comes to confidence or long-term success or even becoming great, you need to lay the solid foundation and it takes day in and day out working and adding and just building at layers, building at layers. And like you said, before you know it, you feel competent, you feel confident. Um, tell me what other challenges you faced in sport related to your vision? You know, I think in sports particularly, just I had to navigate different things. You know, as a kid, I tried different sports. I tried playing baseball. Mm -hmm. Didn't really work out because I couldn't hit the ball. I couldn't catch the ball. You know, I tried playing hockey. It didn't really work out because it was, you know, I could play on the street with my friends, but it was hard for me to see the puck. So it didn't, didn't work out. So I think just finding what was the right fit for me mm -hmm. because there's so many sports out there and just most of them didn't work well. And I had to figure out what would be my fit because there's something for everyone. If you mm -hmm. want to, you know, be an athlete, you can be an athlete. You just need to find out what is the right thing for you. Okay. And tell me, um, so obviously at the younger age, um, it was obviously some, somebody who played an influence in your thinking that helped you or encouraged you to, to be resilient, to go out and try another thing that's okay. It's okay that this is not a perfect fit. There is something else we need to try. Because I know as a kid, you maybe try one or two times and you discover, okay, I'm not good at this. I take it. I'm not good at any types of sport. So tell me about um, the lesson and who this person was and the, the impact that they had on you. Yeah, honestly, I, I, I think my parents really had a large impact on me. And mainly because as a kid, you know, being legally blind, I think I struggled a lot with small tasks. And so it might have taken me longer to learn how to tie my shoes or to do things like that. But my parents always would have rathered me struggle and learn and have things take longer than do it for me and have it be a quick fix. Because if they just did it for me, it would solve it in the now, it would solve it in the present, mm -hmm. but it wouldn't solve it long term. And that's a huge lesson for everyone because that can relate to anything in life. Because the quick fix is usually not the right thing, not the best thing, because mm -hmm. you're not going to learn from it. And taking your time really allows you to grow. Yeah, I second that. Um, and like you say, the, the fact that they gave you the responsibility and taught you independence through the little actions that you had to take. And as parents, sometimes, I mean, all parents mean well, ultimately. But sometimes as parents, they want to, to just be there, to help the kid, to be there when they fall to lift them up, to tell them it's okay. Um, and sometimes that can also become a problem or an issue later in life when um, the individual finds it difficult to stand on its own two feet. And yeah, because they haven't faced the difficulties of picking yourself up when you fall and realizing yep. that it's not the end of the world. So awesome job done by yep. your parents. Okay, and then tell me, what was one of, or one of the biggest challenges you faced outside of sport when it came to your vision? Yeah, you know, I think for me, it's, it's the little things that are the hardest. Mm -hmm. And so things like crossing the street, you know, mm -hmm. that is a difficult task that most people don't think of. And so for me, you know, I have to be extra cautious when I'm crossing the street. I need to make sure that there's no cars coming. I have to really take my time, maybe wait for others to be crossing because I don't want to get hit by a car. Mm -hmm. You know, I guess another small task is, is like cooking. So cooking is something that, you know, was hard for me for a while and it's still hard depending on what I'm cooking. But, you know, 
if I'm cooking a piece of chicken, let's just say, it's hard for me to tell when that chicken is done. So I need to find other ways to figure out how to cook and know when my food is ready. So like you said, it's little things that um, other people take for granted. But now tell me how, what lessons did you get out of that? What principles did you get out of that that actually still empowers you? Because I take it that you start looking at these little things as in a way that is it's not a deficiency. It's not that I am incapable, but I can still be empowered from this. So tell me how you do that. So I think the biggest thing is the fact that I think of things in life happening for me and not to me. Mm-hmm. And so by that, I mean that, you know, growing up, I think I had issues with my vision, struggling with, you know, what the perception of myself was. And I don't see myself like that anymore. And what I mean by that is when people think of things happening to you, you know, say you have an injury, you know, you think of that happening to you, you're taking the state of a victim and mm-hmm. you're already setting yourself behind because you think that a life is punishing you. Mm-hmm. Instead, I personally believe that being legally blind happened for me. It's a blessing and not a curse. And, you know, I'm thrilled that I'm legally blind. It happened for me because it allowed me to pave the way for others and show people that you can accomplish anything you want, no matter what the circumstances. Wow, what an incredible answer. And um, I really like the fact that you say that I see it as something that is an opportunity for me. It's an opportunity for me to lead, to show others what can be done, that this is not um, a jail sentence in a way, but that you can still live a fulfilled life. And that's what you're doing. So well done to you um, and awesome job really awesome job and also what you mentioned there about you know what not taking the victim stance on it because things in life are always happening to us but instead of just looking at looking at it in terms of it's happening to me it's saying like um no this is happening for me and looking at you and thinking about like what you just told me now journey you've been on the fact that you have difficulty cooking a chicken or crossing the road these are all little tiny things that people take for granted but um, if you look at this in a more holistic way, um, these are things that are happening for you because what does this teach you? It teaches you that to appreciate the tiny things, okay? To see the tiny detail in things, which most of us don't, okay? It also helps you to, to be more resilient, whereas most people, they, they're upset because they're not feeling good today or someone says something bad to them. You have to develop that resilience, that thick skin, and... Um, find solution, be a solution orientated. So um, I love the fact that you say, I'm not taking a victim stance on this. Okay, this is an opportunity for me to be a leader. So, yeah, and, and, and actually building off what you just said, I actually heard this this morning. I forget where, I think I was listening to a podcast, but it, it really stuck with me. And, and the person said that you should always respect the opinions of others, mm-hmm. but not value them. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, I mean, you know, I respect everyone's opinion. Everyone can think what they want of me and I respect that, but I don't value it. I don't care what they think. You know, if someone has a bad opinion of me, I'm not going to value that. And Mm -hmm. even if someone has a good opinion of me, that's awesome. I respect that, but I don't value it because I don't want to ever get too high on myself and Mm -hmm. think like, oh, amazing, because I never want to get too low on myself at the same time if I have a bad day. So respect everyone's opinions, but you don't need to value all of them. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's also important, especially in, in the information age where um, there's so much information around. Sometimes we, we listen to everybody's stories, what people are telling us. And it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to accept that. You can, 
you can filter it and say, do I think this is going to serve me and my purpose and my vision or serve me along my journey or not? That's a, a way that I look at life in terms of this is either serving me or it's not. I listen to everything people tell me, but if I think it's not going to serve me, then I will put it to the side. I'll still evaluate it and I'll analyze what they're saying because sometimes it's a different perspective can provide value. But um, like I say, at the end of the day, I still make judgment of what I'm going to decide how to move forward. Yep. Okay. Oh, and I then, completely agree. Mm-hmm. And then, so you said, so, okay, you, move, yeah. so you said you moved from um, football and now you're doing um, mindset coaching and help, help other people awaken their power. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So tell yeah, me about no, that. I, uh, yeah. So I'm a speaker and a mindset coach and mm-hmm. high performance coach. And I, you know, I talk and, and I, I, I work with people to help them overcome obstacles and break through the mm-hmm. barriers of life and really figure out how they can achieve success because there's so many things that are holding people back that they don't know about mm-hmm. and really digging in and figuring out how they can achieve success. What are they doing? Do they have a routine that they follow every day? Do they time block their day? Do they do, they do all the little things that compile together and create success? And most people aren't doing those things. And once you start doing them, they add on each other and allow you to create success. Mm-hmm. And I completely agree. That's something that I also, because I'm in a similar field, also mindset coach and performance. So I also work with some athletes um, and I try to help them design systems to help them perform at a high level. And um, what you mentioned there is about, you know, the routine or they don't see, they, they don't see the blind spots, the things that maybe blocking them from achieving the next level. So, Tell me a bit about what daily practices you have currently that you have part of your routine that helps you always um, step into your vision. Yeah, so I mean, I have really two main things and I can break it down. So I have a morning routine that I do every morning and I have daily non-negotiables in business. And so for the morning routine, it's, it's pretty you know basic every day. You know, wake up, work out, read for a little bit, not very long, like 10 or so minutes, Mm -hmm. you know, think of some, like do some gratitude, maybe do some breath work or meditation for a little bit and take a cold shower to get ready for the day and then have breakfast. It's, you know, it's the same things every single morning to get my day on the right spot, you know, on the right track. You know, I actually didn't mention the biggest part of that is waking up on time. And so Mm -hmm. tomorrow morning, my alarm is set for 510 in the morning. And when it goes off at 510 in the morning, I get out of bed at 510 in the morning, not at 520, not at 512, mm-hmm. get up on the first set, because if you push snooze, it's actually harder to get up the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I like that. Like you say, you just have a structured routine that you follow, and this helps you step into the state every single day that you need to be in to help people tap into their greatness. So awesome. Yeah. And then... Um, so we spoke about the daily practice, uh, practices that you have and um, speaking. Tell me a bit about speaking. How did you get into speaking and how was it when you first started speaking? Yeah, so I, I got thrown into it at a very young age. Um, okay. Mainly because not speaking necessarily at events, but I had a lot of publicity around me with football, being legally blind, playing mm-hmm. football. So I had a lot of interviews. I had a couple okay. like national televised one senior year of high school so I was really thrown into a situation where I either had to become a good speaker quickly or I was going to embarrass myself on tv 
-hmm. And so, you know, sink or swim, you figure out how to swim. Mm -hmm. So I got good at it at a young age and I did it here and there throughout college for interviews. And then, you know, after college, I, I really said, you know, I have something that I can really impact, inspire other people and help them out. And that's really what caused me to do it because I'm really able to share what I've learned and what I do with other people and help see their, them succeed in the future. If you are enjoying this episode and would like some practical tips that you can use daily to thrive, then head over to coachedsuccess.com forward slash thrive and download our five daily tips to thrive. That is coachedsuccess.com forward slash thrive now let's get back to the episode and what you mentioned there is obviously that you you started at a young age but what you also mentioned is that it's either sink or swim and when you put in the position to sink or swim you're going to swim and what i like about that is the fact that you've developed this confidence in yourself the belief in yourself that i am my own hero and if i'm in a in a, in a place and there's no way out, I'm going to find a way out, okay? So that's incredible, an incredible way of looking at life. Um, and then you also mentioned um, you had televised interviews from a young age. Tell me a bit about this. How did, how did you manage to um, not be too egocentric, okay? Or how do you still manage it today? Because I believe that's very important that you need to learn how to obviously change your states, okay? So I believe that obviously the ego state can serve you. But tell me, how do you, yeah. how do you, when did you learn that and how do you manage your, your, your ego, let's say, in a, state, in a way? Look, yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think you need to get rid of your ego completely. And so a, a coach at a young age taught me the fact that there's a difference between being confident and being cocky. And mm -hmm. you need to learn how to toe the line between confidence and cocky, but never cross it. And, mm -hmm. you know, everyone flips up here and there. I'm sure I did somewhat when I was younger. But I think my biggest thing is always try and toe the line between being confident and cocky. There's a huge difference. Being confident about who you are as a person, about your actions and how you speak, or being cocky and bragging about yourself. There's a big difference. And learning how to stay on that side of the line that's confident is crucial. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I believe, I, I really believe what you're saying there is pretty important. Um, try not to cross that barrier and to seem like you're cocky. Um, but then also as a coach, so obviously, like you say, being confident is important. The job is to move people, okay? Um, so there comes a time where you want to be confident and you want to be assertive. And then there's times where you want to be more compassionate and step into a state of, of humility. Tell me how you manage that, balancing the different states. How do you move from the one state to the next? I think it's just being able to read the room, being able to understand your audience and who you're talking to. So, you know, during a normal speech, I'd say 90% of the time I talk in the confident mindset, mm -hmm. you know, depending on the group I'm talking to, for me, 90% of the time has been like that confident speech and 10% of the time has been somewhat different. Now that can really changes when it goes to a Q and A oftentimes after a speech, you know, if I talk mm -hmm. to, a company's sales team, they do a Q&A usually with me after. And depending on the question, you really need to learn how to answer it. And if you're, you have to be compassionate, you have to be you know, empathetic. If you have to be 
confident and you have to tailor it more towards that individual person, what they're saying, what their tone of voice is and figure it out as you go. And then tell me a bit about um, how you dealt with COVID-19. I know in the U.S. right now, you guys are dealing with a huge um, rise in cases. Did it, did it affect you? Um, and how did you deal with that? Yeah, honestly, you know, at first I didn't think that this was all going to happen. And mm-hmm. I'd say the first week of the whole like quarantine where we had to just be inside, you know, I was doing my normal stuff, but I was, you know, there was nothing special to it. And after that first week, I really realized that this was going to be for a while. And I just started digging into everything I was doing. I maximized my morning routine, my non-negotiables. Mm-hmm. I started creating more out of my days. I mean, I am busier now than I was outside of quarantine because mm-hmm. I've been able to do an incredible job of networking, be able to do a ton of podcasts like this, be able to do a ton of speaking over Zoom. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't need to travel places and I can do it over Zoom. And it's been fantastic. I've been able to sit in a ton of stuff, reach out and connect with so many new people. And I think I use this time really wisely where I pushed myself ahead a lot instead of you know, wasting this time and sitting on my couch. If, mm-hmm. if I had taken this time to sit back and watch TV or, or just, you know, not focus on my business, I would have regretted it. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a once in a generation opportunity. You know, I saw it as bad as everything is. I saw it as an opportunity to succeed in yourself, to push forward and do what you can control, control what you can control and push yourself, your life, your business forward. Mm-hmm. Um, great answer. And what I like liked about that is the fact that you said you saw this as an opportunity for you to double down on what you're doing, to maximize your morning routine, to work even harder on your business. So great, great things. It's a great way of looking at if, um, the whole crisis that the world is facing. But this again boils down to the fact that you are in control of how you're looking at this challenge. And the fact that you were born, um, um, born legally blind, you've had to deal with this challenge for so long that you needed to find a way to start looking at challenges differently. And now when crises come up, you are able to, to, to look at it in a, in a way that can empower you instead of, instead of being like the rest of the world where you say they are feeling completely lost or sitting on the couch, mopey, feeling sorry for themselves. So I really like that. And then, um, Aaron, as a last question, tell me what, what is next for you right now? You know, I think it's just pushing forward in everything I'm doing. I have, mm-hmm. you know, none of us really know when this whole like stay at home thing is going to end, honestly. And so mm-hmm. right now I'm not really booking speaking engagements for in person. I'm really doing most of it over Zoom, like I was saying. So mm-hmm. really just continuing to build on my brand build on what I'm doing. And, you know, I have, I have a lot of high aspirations of who I want to become. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to be one of the world's most recognized speakers. You know, Mm -hmm. that is one of my goals and that's not going to happen overnight. It's going to take years, a long time to do that, but I want to be, you know, one of my idols is someone like Tony Robbins or Ed Milet. And, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be as good of a speaker as Tony Robbins, but I can aspire to be. And my goal is to be on the level that he's on. And you never know what will happen. Maybe five, ten years down the road, my name, Aaron Golub, will be just as recognizable as him. If I continue to put in the work, you never know what will happen. I love it. I really love it. I love the fact that you have 
a, a big dream, a big goal, and that you say, yes, I'm not sure if I'll ever be on Tony Robbins' level, but that's not going to stop me from trying, okay? Keep pushing forward. I love that. And I'd just like to say thank you so much for taking the time out to chat to me on the podcast today and sharing your journey, your insight, and just your wisdom with us. Thank you for having me. I mean, I really, I take advantage of every opportunity I can to get my message out there and to connect with new people. So I, I appreciate it. I appreciate you and, and thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. This is a weekly podcast. So tune in every Monday to get your dose of inspiration that will help guide you in designing your version of an extraordinary life. This is Kyle Daniels, wishing you an amazing day. Stay winning.